When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. It's a good weekend. It's a hot weekend. It was a winning weekend for Mississippi State folks. Got the first weekend of uh, the NFL underway. Dak Prescott with a huge, huge day. Dak in line for a big, 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 big payday from the Dallas Cowboys. Even some discussions uh, yesterday that uh, Dak was, um, that, that a deal was imminent, that it, that it even could have happened before the first game of the year. Uh, that didn't take place. I think all he's done is helped his uh, case yesterday. And it also helps the case that, uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott comes out and says, I want to play my entire career with Dak Prescott. That that always helps. So you're, you're probably on the verge of seeing the new triplets. You remember when Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, uh, Emmett Smith, those those three were all together, uh, and kind of working together uh, to build a dynasty there for for Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. Now all of a sudden you've got Zeke locked up, they're about to lock up Dak, and then uh, a long term deal with Amari Cooper awaits. And so, good news there. Not such good news for uh, my Pittsburgh Steelers, who uh, continue to be the little brother to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, and that is very very difficult for me to say. Pittsburgh Steelers been my team since as long as I've known what football was and uh, this stretch with uh, the Patriots it's really kind of made us feel second class and that's that's the reality of it and it's very 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 frustrating but it's just one week and hopefully we can uh, build from this and perhaps be better in the playoffs I don't think so I think the Tom Brady thing just simply I think Tom is our daddy simple as that I want to thank our good friends over at Bulldog Burger Company. I was there this weekend. Went there after the ball game on Saturday. Man, what a great crowd! A lot, a lot of folks there, and they're getting to you. I did have Lauren again. I uh, took my met my sister and uh, her husband and one of their daughters and her husband and and uh, their family. And so it was. It's a great time and uh, it's a great post game destination. You know, Matt Wyatt and those guys do the post-game show there. I was there much later than that. But uh, it was still, it was a hopping place, man. The district was rolling pretty good. Uh, it was nice. And I'm going to encourage you to go by. Even, you know, game day's tough, okay? A lot, your game days are, you know, there's a lot of anxiety that goes on with game day. Everybody's hustling to get here, and you got to get home. You're thinking about all that kind of stuff. And, and maybe you don't spend as much time in Starville as, as you should. But, you know, during the week, you can go in there and have – that great restaurant quality hamburger. It's it's an important thing way to treat yourself. You go in there and enjoy that. Uh, we love going. The spring rolls are always the way to go. That's always the best appetizer, and I've had them all. I like them all. That's my favorite one. Still riding the Lauren train for now. Might change it up here soon, but you need to go find your own favorites. Bulldog Burger Company, part of a family of restaurants committed to Starkville, committed to your community. Also, a new location opening September 23rd. In Tupelo, Mississippi, there on Gloucester Street. We encourage you to go by and 
and frequent that location as well. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville and now Tupelo where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. Today is going to be a bit of a full service show. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about some things that happen around the league. But uh, the first thing that I wanted to get into, the thing is important, and uh, is, is about you know, the kind of the games. There was some there was some issues game day wise at Davis Wade Stadium, and so I want to address some of those. Uh, so Saturday is we're getting ready to go in, and and granted, I get there much earlier than, than you guys do. Okay, and so one of the first things that I do is I go ahead and get checked in because I don't want any delays later and go put my stuff on on uh, on press row and uh, and then you know then I'll come down and I'll go you know hang out tailgate kind of go see some friends and, and that, that sort of stuff and so my experience is much different so so understand right out of the gate I don't have to deal with a lot of those things and I don't say that out of hardiness but I'm just saying that because my experience is different there I've had people that have come to me and say hey Steve I don't know if you guys are where does what who do we need to contact what can we do and so it, it's first game and so there's always issues first game because it's you know it's not just first game for the players it's not just first game for the coaches the officials it's first game for uh, your security folks and your concession stand folks and so a lot of that kind of came to bear on Saturday at uh, Davis Wade Stadium and there, and there are a few things that I have found out that I want to share with you guys because I think it's important. But when I was uh, I was went out to record the, uh, the the pregame video, you know, David Murray and I do kind of a pregame video to kind of just kind of set the mood, you know, kind of let you know what we've heard. You know, we get information about suspensions or our injuries that sort of stuff. We get a list of players who will not be available that day, and so we share that. And, you know, and so as we're going back in, I can see there's a there's a big bottleneck right outside the stadium, in between Barnes and Noble and uh, and Davis Floyd Stadium. I don't remember what what gate it was, but uh, but you guys know. Now, the first thing that I want to say about this, okay, right out of the gate, there, there is some responsibility to be had on every side here, okay? So when, when, I, when I say these things, I'm not blaming particular people or groups or whatever. I'm just going to kind of report what, kind of what I've learned, okay? Because I've talked to a lot of people, uh, really spent a lot of time on Sunday uh, trading text messages, making phone calls with some people, kind of in anticipation of today's show to kind of to be able to share some information with you. The first thing that I want to say, and some people aren't going to like this, so I'm going to say it anyway. If you go and get in line to enter the stadium at 2.15 for a 2.30 kickoff, you are going to miss kickoff. That's the reality of it, okay? There's always going to be a big rush because a lot of people have fun at the tailgates and sometimes time gets away from you. It's the reality of it. I under, I, I understand. I went, spent some time walking around with my sisters and visiting with their friends and stuff. And the next thing you know, I'm looking at my wife. Oh, man, I got to go. And so it gets away from you. So so understand, if you are one of those folks that uh, you're going to leave the tailgate or you're going to park and drive up, you know, maybe 30 minutes before the game, it, 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 expect delays. Go ahead and expect delays. That's that's not saying that's your fault, not saying it's anybody else's fault, but that's the reality of the situation. If you wait 15 to 20, 30 minutes before the game to try to go in, you're going to be late. The uh, the metal detectors, this is not unique to Mississippi State. And some I've read on social media, well, they seem to take those things down. We can't. Can't do it. Now, can we make them run a little more efficiently? Probably so. Especially when there's a bottleneck. There's going to be a big rush of people just before kickoff. 
Just how that's just how sporting events work. So what I'm going to encourage you to do is maybe enter the stadium a little bit earlier. Enter there a little bit earlier, lessen a little bit of that bottleneck, but also to lessen your own anxiety. It's pretty apparent that that's one of the issues. Now the number two issue is that there were some things there. When there's the the rush of people, people begin to get anxious, people begin to get irritable, and then there is kind of a change of protocol. One of the things that I'm going to ask you to do too is out of respect for yourselves and for, for all the Bulldog family, let's just kind of relax. Let's just take a deep breath, okay? The, the person in front of you wants to get in just as badly as you do. And most of those people up there running the gate, they're not incompetent. They're not bad people. They're, 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 they're simply trying to do a job. And there's not a lot of people around that are going to say thank you, okay? That's, they're just as hot as you are, if not, if not warmer, because they've been out there for hours in the sun. And so a little respect, a little patience. I know it's difficult because you pay a lot of money to go watch a ball game. last thing you want to do is miss any of the game. I get it. But that's the first thing I want to address. They're going to get better, okay? They're, they're going to do a better job. But this is not a new thing. You know, Mississippi State and Alabama, Mississippi State and Alabama were the first two teams in the SEC. We, we put it in a year before the SEC mandate did to go ahead and try to work through some of these logistics to make a better game day experience for all of you. And it's still a work in progress. It is. And, and it wasn't good Saturday. But, again, there are some contributing factors there. Those people could do a better job. But also, too, as fans – you know, I, I don't know if you know this, and, I, and this will sound really sarcastic, and I apologize. But, you know, you can go on in the stadium a little bit early, and uh, you don't have to go take your seat. And, and and I earned it Saturday, too. I can tell you, I was absolutely miserable at halftime. I, I considered not going back down to the sidelines and shooting pictures in the second half. I was so hot. But, you know, you can sit in the uh, – they had some bleachers set up, some temporary – Aluminum bleachers set up in the concourse that you could sit and stay in the shade. It was it was it was not downright cozy down there. So maybe consider going in a little bit earlier, staying in the shade. Go ahead and get you a cold drink, uh, and be able to just kind of visit a little bit, and then kind of mosey on out to your seat as we get a little closer to kickoff. You know, rather than waiting at the tailgate, maybe let's wait inside. Now there's going to be that person that hears this show and say, "Well, Steve, I'm I'm the customer," and you're right, you are. You're part of the ticket-buying public. I should be able to stay at my tailgate and then walk up and go right into the stadium. And, and, and you you're feel free to have that mentality, but go ahead and, again, expect to be, quote, in, inconvenienced because there, there's going to be a bottleneck trying to get everybody in right there at kickoff. But I am told that it was addressed. And one of the things, too, that maybe uh, – and I, did, I made some phone calls this morning. On the first ball game, the Sunday after the first home game, there is a meeting between the uh, the senior athletic department management group as well as some of your auxiliary vendors. Anybody else that needs to be there. There's, there are people that are involved that are there, and they, they discuss, okay, well, what, what went wrong? And I'm told this is one of the things that they, they discussed. Is hey, guys, we got to get people in the stadium quicker. You know, John Cohen and his group, they're not, they're not oblivious to these things. And it's not just because many of you people will email or, or tweet at them, and they hear you. And not only that, too, but, you know, they they see it, just like all of you. They, they see it. Uh, John's not just hanging out in some uh, 
air-conditioned booth thinking everything is lovely. They're always trying to find ways to get things better. And so I, what I'm told is when they had this meeting, and it's usually on Sunday after the first ball game, most weeks after, once you get through the season opener, you'll kind of get into it and do it on Monday, that, that senior athletic department meeting on Mondays. But because of the fact that uh, it was the first game, they do it on Sunday because those meetings are a little more extensive. You know, what, what didn't go as we projected? What didn't go as planned? What do we need to do differently? And that way it gives everybody just some lead-in time to kind of be prepared to, to address this with their teams on Monday. And, uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, I know that marketing is involved in all of that. There's security involved in, the, in all of that. You know, John Cohen, Jared Banco, Bo Hemphill, all of that group. Uh, and these people are Mississippi State folks, okay? These, these are people that love Mississippi State. These are people that want you to have a good time. They're not like the people with the DMV. They're like, you know what? You don't have any choice. you got to deal with us. They understand it's you could just stay home. They get it. That this is a uh, this is a day out for you. This is something you put a lot of time and effort and, and, and finances into. They understand that. So they had that meeting yesterday, and I was told one of the biggest concerns, too, was uh, the concessionary stuff, issues. And um, that is something that... Uh, I heard a lot from you guys, too. There were a lot of you that said, you know what, Steve, we kind of expected there to be some delays. And, yeah, it was hot and it was frustrating. And, you know, I did the best that I could. And I believe those people did the best they could. But, yeah, it, it took a while to get in the stadium. But the bigger issues once I got in in is that uh, some of the concession stands weren't open. And so here is what I have learned about all of that. Is, uh, you know, when I was a kid, we I remember at least one or two times we went over to Southern Miss and we sold programs. When I was in the Boy Scouts, we were in, I was in, in the Scouts, and we went over there and we sold programs. And then our troop leader, at the end of the day, you know, collected some money, you know, for our troop. And so we 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 volunteered our time as uh, as Scouts, you know, to make some money for our troop. I, we were taking a camping trip or something. And so a lot of these people that are involved in uh, concessions, these are not employees of the university. And I think that's one of the things that I, I have read with great interest is people say, well, you know, the university should go out and hire these people. And listen, it, it, when the university hires people, they become state employees. And there's a lot that goes along with that. you got to pay retirement. You got you know, there's, there's certain uh, wages that have to be paid. It's just a different deal entirely. And so what happens is when, uh, when they make this contract with Aramark, and Aramark has a university-wide contract. It is not something that is specific to athletics. And so it's not like John Cohen can just go to Dr. Kino and say, hey, listen, Doc, we're going to go our own way on, on these hot dogs now, and we're going to go do this. We're going to bring the hot dogs that you guys are serving. I don't really care for them, so I, I'm going to make a, a unilateral decision here, and we're going to go make a decision that uh, this is going to be our new, our new hot dog vendor. It just it doesn't work that way. There's a contract in place, a campus-wide contract that the university kind of falls under that same umbrella with athletics. And so that agreement, th- those agreements are made, you know, athletics, of course, has some say in some of that. But ultimately, that decision is a university decision. And then they contract out this uh, to Aramark. And then Aramark is then responsible for staffing those concession stands. And one of the, uh, the ways that they, that they handle that is that they don't have full-time employees. You have these organizations in many respects that uh, and, and you've seen them I know when I used to sit sky dogs you know 15 years ago uh, there was a, there was a, a missionary Baptist church there was the same group just about every weekend uh, 
And so what those folks do is they are essentially volunteers for their civic organization. And then that organization will run the concession stand in exchange for a portion of the proceeds going to their charitable organization, if that makes sense to you. That is a very cheap, economic, and very civic-minded way to handle things. But here's the problem with that. And this is where the folks at Aramark, and, I, and I'm obviously am, uh, am not here to defend Aramark. I, I don't know their, a lot of their side of it, even though I have been told some things today to kind of explain this is how the world works here. Is that let's say for an example that um, you know you know that you know Robertson's uh, cadets little group over here they're going to come and they're going to run that concession stand on the east upper. Well, we might have an agreement and we may have made that agreement back in May, but if we don't show up on game day, there's not anybody there to run the show. And so the failure in that respect ultimately lies with the people that, that, that make the agreements. The university contracts that out to Aramark, and it is in their Aramark responsibility to ensure that those concession stands are staffed properly. And then they're kind of depending on people that are essentially volunteers that are working for a civic And that's not in every case, but that is by and large the way things work. You know, and so I guess, and again, this is, I'm probably just talking off the cuff here, you know, but maybe if you're a civic organization out there and you're looking to do some fundraising, maybe contact Airmark and say, hey, you know what? We'll go work the concession stand. Now, you won't better watch a ball game, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that may be something that you want to consider. But, uh, but that's some of the things that have happened over the not, – not just this weekend. Uh, you know, this, this is one of the things that I'll share with you. We, we had some of these issues in baseball, too, some big weekends where some concession stands weren't open. So – Take a, take a swing at it, but uh, the bottom line is that this is uh, this ref- reflects poorly on the university, and uh, some you know, decision makers are involved in this process now. And they've reached out to these auxiliary vendors and said, "Hey, listen, you know this is our game day experience, and we are your customer. And because you have not fulfilled our needs as our customer, as your customer, our customers, which is you guys, the ticket buying public, our fans." their experience was subdued their experience was not what it should have been the expectations regarding the the game day experience at mississippi state in many people's eyes was not what it should have been and especially on a day when you've got a heat advisory there needs to be you know water needs to be very accessible and the university i think you know set up some refilling stations and that sort of stuff and then there was you know there, there, there was just a lot of things that could have gone wrong and they did it's being addressed it's being addressed. We have great leadership, Dr. Mark Keenum, Athletic Director John Cohen. There are a lot of people involved in this that are they're not it's not just a job to them. They've got some skin in the game because they're bulldogs. It's not just a paycheck. You know, it's it's kind of who they are. It's a passion for them too. And so they're working hard to ensure that this is corrected. Now, John Cohen goes out and makes a statement yesterday on Twitter. So I'm gonna read you that statement. Some of you have already seen it. It was retweeted 92 times, like 934. Yesterday's unpreparedness by concessionaire Aramark was unacceptable. Assured us last week that all stands would be fully operational. Met this morning, Sunday morning, to convey deep disappointment. Aramark guaranteed it will not happen again. Our sincerest apologies to the Health State family. You deserve better. Uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, some would argue that maybe, uh, 
maybe John overstepped a little bit by calling them out. I, I, I perfectly disagree. I, I don't think this is a passing the buck situation, but I think by explain, explain, oh, pardon me, expressing or explaining our discontent with their service is the way, especially on a public forum like this, is basically let them know, to put a shot across the bow. Hey, listen, we, we've got options. And uh, if you can't be here to handle this, because I cannot imagine that uh, Aramark has many contracts as big as the Mississippi State contract. And if you can't handle this, then you need to let us know, because we can certainly go find somebody else. Because I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Ole Miss is no longer using Aramark. They use someone else. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who that is. But so if you're, if you're at Aramark, I would think, you know what, well, we've got to find a way to make sure this happens if i got to go run the concession stand myself. And so they're out there publicly, and I think I think the Mississippi State family needs to see that. They need to see John Cohen and say, you know what, here, you know what, we recognize that what happened on Saturday was not what it should have been. We are addressing it with these vendors, and we're letting you know we are unhappy. We find this unacceptable because you found it unacceptable. So so that's being handled. And uh, now, if we if you guys are okay, I think we go ahead and uh, talk a little football here. But um, I have we have been inundated on social media and on the message boards and emails and uh, you know people wanting to know hey who do we need to contact now and I'm not, let me just tell you n- nobody you don't need to contact anybody else it's already been it's already been relayed the concerns have already been addressed and my hope is this Saturday we'll see a, a, a much more um, fan friendly situation at Davis Wedge Stadium because again John Cohen, Dr. Mark Keenum, those guys, these, these guys are shareholders in Mississippi State. They're shareholders in your enjoyment. They understand that with all these games televised, especially when it's 100 degrees, it's a lot easier for you to sit at home. They, they, they recognize that, but they want you here. We want you here. Uh, and I'll tell you guys, that I was glad the humidity kind of subsided a little bit in the second half because I, when I went upstairs to get uh, to cool off a little bit, I was miserable. I mean, and so... And I had the ability to go get into the air. And so I can only imagine what some of our fans were dealing with. So, again, as I said at the top of the show, our experience is not the same. But that's not to say that we're completely removed from that. You know, I, I remember you know, bringing my kids and, and going and sitting up there in the upper deck and the Skydog section and being proud to be there and, and uh, having our own season tickets. But I also remember those days when, uh, you know, maybe the bathroom overflowed or whatever and there was nobody there to fix it. And, uh, you know, nothing really matters until it it impacts you. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hear about things, and they don't really register on the radar until you're the one that's inconvenienced. And then then you want some accountability. You know, then everybody wants to talk to the manager, right? I mean, that's just the reality of life these days. But, uh, again, it's not necessary. I I wanted to make sure that you guys understood, again, because I have have spoken to uh, several people in the last 24 hours, and nobody at Mississippi State – is happy with that. They don't want you guys to. And listen, you know, big crowds is a big problem. You know, and uh, you know, it's. I think Mike Ritchie said, you know, it's just like a, it's just like a wedding. They're putting on a wedding seven times a, a football season, and uh, everybody just wants things to go beautifully. You, you know, the bride's beautiful, and you want the the reception to be great, and everybody to have a good time, and uh, everybody's got to have somewhere to park and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of moving parts to this, but this is not just something where these people look at this and say, ah, you know, let them eat, let them eat cake, you know. Nobody feels that way. I, I can assure you nobody feels that way, from Mike to John to 
to Dr. Keenum, to Bowen, none of those guys feel like, eh, we'll figure it out. No, they're figuring it out. They're, they're taking this, the bull by the horns and getting this taken care of for you. I want to remind you guys, if you want to have a little skin in the game, I know a lot of you guys think that you're, a, you're great pickers, and maybe you are. You can put your money where your mouth is by uh, working with our friends at my bookie. I mean, if you found 100 bucks on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Well, of course you're going to pick it up. Money's hard to come by these days. So if you keep picking winners on your own, why not bet on them? That's why my bookie's the way to go. It's fast, easy, and when they and they'll pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't tell you guys to use them if we weren't didn't have a relationship. My bookie's been with me for a long time now. They always show up around football season, and um, they're here to serve you. We've got several people that have had a good experience with them. So do the smart thing if you're going to bet this season. Bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games even after kickoff? I didn't know that until like the last couple of years. If by the second half it looks like your team's going to lose, you know what? You can always just take the other side, kind of hedge your bets there. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now. My bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. Your first deposit, they'll double it for you. Use promo code 3DOG. That's the number three, DOG. Three. Right on cue. You heard that right. You, you absolutely did. Promo code 3, the letter D-O-G. Number 3, letter D-O-G. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So let's get into uh, the weekend that was. Mississippi State goes out, takes care of business. You know, I, I would say, you know, pretty much a, a tidy 38-15 win. I, mean, I would say there was uh, one big bust there. Uh, in the fourth quarter, some miscommunication between the safeties and the corners, and that's going to happen when you've got some young guys out there. But by and large, State pretty much took control of the game early. You know, and then some, some craziness happened. You know, Tommy Stevens comes out, starts nine for nine. Uh, I don't know that I have seen the Mississippi State offense run so proficiently early in a ball game in a long time. You go down, it's 14 nothing before anybody even had a chance to get comfortable. As we discussed earlier, there were still people in line. There were people in line trying to get in the stadium. It's 14 uh, and so, And then Tommy Stevens goes down on his throwing shoulder, and then they pull him. And so what we've been told since then, and I'm going to go ahead and address this now so you don't have to wait, and, and we'll get some uh, clarification from Joe here shortly, is that uh, it's essentially a bruise, I guess. It's a bruise of, there's like a, it's a small strain. It's it's not a major ailment, but it is something that, uh, you know, that caused some discomfort. And I'm, I'm told that he's not going to make it worse by playing. And that, uh, you know, we'll get some, again, some, some official confirmation later. But uh, Tommy was on the sidelines in the second half in Jersey, no ice on his shoulder, no sling, nothing like that, nothing to, that, that would, you know, that would give you, give you pause you know what I'm saying and so you look at that and you think okay and then I talked to somebody who told me unofficially that uh, he could have gone back in the ball game but because of the fact that uh, you know State was pretty much in control of the game that there was no chance there was no need to put him out there and, and that uh, Garrett Schrader this was kind of a green light game for a lot of these younger guys anyway that if the game allowed it they wanted to be able to get some of these guys in the game and so you know, this is one of those green light games. And so Garrett, well, they were expecting to get Garrett in the ball game if circumstances allowed for that to happen. And then, of course, it does happen, and he's kind of forced to go in the second quarter. 
in his very first possession as a college quarterback, we go down and score a touchdown. And now it's 21 nothing. And then at that point, everybody's like, okay, okay, good. Let's get into the halftime. We'll be done. But just before half, Colin Hill goes down. And uh, that happened right in front of me. He was, you know, grabbing his lower leg. And, and when it first happened, everybody around me is like, oh, who is that? And I said, oh, my God, it's Kylan. And then um, the immediate concern is, I mean, then at that point you think he's hurt. And then the bigger picture for us as Mississippi State folks is you think, okay, well, there goes our season. There goes our season. That's how important he is. And you begin to think, okay, so Tommy's gone down. Um, is he coming back? And now Colin's gone down. Are we going to have to go win this thing with, uh, you know, Garrett Schrader, Nick Gibson, and Lindley Weatherspoon? Not just this week, but every week. That, that's and immediately that's 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 the the ball in the pit of every bulldog stomach, right? That's what you're thinking. Colin comes by me, and I was somewhat reassured, even though there was a look of anguish on his face. He's being assisted from the field on the locker room. But one of the football staffers to the right of me said, hey, do you think he's going to be okay? And uh, one of the trainers kind of shook his head and said, yeah, we're going to go get him checked out, but he should be fine. And so at that point, I felt pretty good, but I thought, you know what, he won't come back in the second half. I mean, there's just, especially with the game in hand, and listen, I get it, it's halftime. But you just kind of felt like, you know, State was about to just put this thing away. And so as long as the game allowed him to, I, I just thought, you know what, he won't come back. But what happens is he does come back. He does come back, and next thing you know, he's in the end zone. It's 28 nothing. And so Collins out there running around doing his thing. And uh, it's one of those things that I think people need to be, you know, mindful of. This is a huge year for Colin Hill, not just a, uh, you know, from a statistical standpoint, but this is a chance for him to kind of change his family tree forever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is a chance for him to kind of emerge as a bona fide star, an NFL draft prospect. And so anytime there's something like that happens, your senses are going to be somewhat heightened because, he, you know, he's thinking, and again, I'm speculating here, but, you know, he, he's thinking of a life beyond Mississippi State. And so when he's out there running around and somebody hits him low, and there's a lot of that because there's a lot of those DBs that don't want to go shoulder to shoulder with Keith, with Colin Hill, they're going to go low, which means he's going to be hurtling more people. They're going low, and so anytime that happens, I'm sure he's thinking, you know what? I got to protect myself. I have to protect myself. I have to protect my future. And so then all of a sudden he gets caught up in a pile and there's, you know, kind of goes down awkwardly. And then all of a sudden you begin to think, okay, well, what did it feel? What happened to me? Am I okay? Am I going to be to play again? What's going to happen? You know, but Colin's fine. Colin's fine. And as you saw last week, you know, and it's like after that first week, we had uh, some injuries pile up on the offensive line. You know, listen, we're expecting everybody back this week. Darrell Williams didn't miss time this week. He mixed a match a lot. I don't, I don't remember seeing Evans, Evans Wilkerson out there. But, you know, he's proven to be a very capable uh, reserve on the offensive line. Uh, Darian Parker did not play. I expect him back this week. Well, you know, we'll see. If he has a good week of practice, he'll be back. Jason Crispin was back. Michael Story was back. But I'd like to be able to get through one of these weeks without having people banged up. You know what I mean? I know I understand it's football and it's a violent game and everybody's a little bit nicked up. But we'd had Colin go down. We'd had Tommy go down. And then Cam Dancer goes down on, on a blitz pickup. And it looked like a hip thing. But I'll tell you. Within a few minutes of that, Cam is Cam. He's back on the sidelines and laughing and joking, and you know, no point putting him back out there. But uh, but the bottom line is, a lot of these guys haven't been hit like this in a while, and so there's going to be you know there, there's you know it's going to take a while to get into game shape again. 
but I thought the Mississippi State defense played much, much better. There was really, really only one play you look at and say, oh, man, that was awful, and that was that long touchdown pass. Uh, that was a big part of it. But, you know, injuries are part of the game, you know. I mean, that's, that's just part of the deal. Injuries are part of the game. Uh, but the good thing is I hope that uh, Mississippi State should be in good shape. We will talk to Joe Moorhead a little bit later. I don't anticipate there being any long-term injuries. You know, again, based on the information that we got on Tommy Stevens, we don't think that's going to be something that will keep him out. You know, you may be a little careful with some things, but uh, but the bottom line is that uh, he should be able to play. And so Nick Gibson, some people have asked about Nick Gibson. Uh, Nick was fine. You know, it, when he came off, he kind of limped off. But uh, later he was behind the bench, sprinting up and down behind the bench. They retaped him, and he 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 could have returned. They elected not to bring him back, and uh, let Lee Witherspoon get in the game. And Lee has a touchdown, you know. And so you guys got a chance to see some of those young guys get out there and play. And I thought Garrett Schrader did a good job, do a nice a nice pass to Osiris Mitchell. Should have been a touchdown, and sadly Osiris lost it in the in uh, in the sun. But uh, the bottom line is, it was a good, it was a good day offensively. For Mississippi State and defensively, things were better. Now this weekend, and we'll talk about Kansas State uh, a little bit later in the week. They're going to come out and try to run football. They have rushed for over 300 yards in each of their first two ball games, and this is coming from a uh, they got a brand new coach up there. It's won national championships, uh, you know, other levels, and so they will come out good to go. They will be a team. I think this is going to be a good ball game. Okay, this is going to be a team that can come in here and is capable of scoring some points. The Mississippi State defensive effort's got to be much, much better than it has been. And we did see a step forward this past week, tackling a couple of issues here and there, but by and large, much better than we saw in the Louisiana Superdome. Uh, but Kansas State, when they turn that tape on this week, when Mississippi State has a chance to do their film study, uh, they're going to get their attention. Kansas State is going to get their attention because they can line up and run the football. They are, they're a team that wants to control the game. They want to control the flow. They absolutely destroyed Bowling Green over the weekend. And Bowling Green's a mid-major team. I, I get it. But, uh, you know, Kansas State was not a bowl team last year. They were you know, right around 500 and, and uh, you know, showed some flashes down the stretch. But um, this is a much different team. They've got a new coach that you know, got them believing. So they'll come down here. Uh, it's going to be 11 a.m. kickoff. But uh, one of those things, too, that uh, – you know, maybe the temperature works in our, our advantage uh, down here, but uh, this will be a very, very physical ball game. Very, very, very physical ball game. But uh, this 2-0, 2-0, and we'll find out what kind of health we're in today. But, uh, again, should should be good to go. Should be closer to full strength. Now, a lot of people want to talk about the, uh, quote, suspensions. You know, the university is not naming the names and they're not listing the guys that have not been on the two deep. I guess that's kind of a technical way of kind of uh, avoiding identifying many of the players that were involved in the Tudor Gate deal. But the, the bottom line is this, is that uh, two games into this, Mississippi State's been able to handle it pretty well. From a personnel standpoint, you've been able to manage the game pretty well. That's why the, we can't allow any of these injuries to linger. We've, we've been very fortunate so far, but we can't allow these things to continue to pile up on us. Because if we get in some injuries with all the suspensions we've got, uh, it could be uh, interesting, to say the least. Now, the good news is, is you had 10 guys suspended for eight games. We're two games in. Two games in. So 25% of most of those suspensions have been served. So we're getting there. We're getting there. And we'll soon put this behind us. 
I'll remind you guys too when you're in town campus bookmark that's the way to go if you're looking for maroon and white merchandise you're not going to find a better selection than you will at campus bookmark if you make it to town you go by and see stan ray miss kathy brown the lovely talented susie the whole crew there will take care of you and treat you like family because you are family it's as simple as that that's who you are that's where you are you're at home Campus Bookmart is a Starkvilleian institution. Been here forever and a day. Many of you bought your textbooks when you were students here at Mississippi State. Now it's time to outfit your home, your office, your RV, your pet, whatever. Buy that new maroon and white shirt. Mom, Dad, all your kids want new Mississippi State merchandise. They want to wear that stuff to school. They do. They don't know how to tell you, but they do. So I'm telling you on their behalf. Go today. Go to online shopping at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a promo code, the phrase that pays BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Let's look at the weekend that was. By now you know who won the ball games, but uh, we had some picks not go our way. But uh, my decent week, decent week. I guess our first uh, seven picks were all good. Uh, Missouri blasts West Virginia. West Virginia just simply just did not have the horses. Missouri, another huge, huge offensive game there. And then this weekend you get the uh, you get the defensive effort to go with it. That was the big knock last week with Wyoming is that they were able to uh, put some points up, you know, on, on Mizzou. And Barry Odom's a defensive guy. So they, they get back down to it, get down to brass tacks this week. Uh, big game for the Tigers. This you know, Mizzou is going to be interesting, man. They're they're going to be. It's just going to be one of the. People talk about them being a dark horse. They're going to have something to say. They're going to have something to say about who wins the East, and they're not going to win the East. But uh, they're they're going to they're going to ruin somebody's season. Thirty-one nothing at the half, just so you know. Thirty-one nothing at the half. Uh, Kelly Bryant, seventeen to twenty-five, one hundred fifty yards, three touchdowns. Ran just a little bit. But, uh, you know, they get almost 100 yards out of Roundtree. So just one of those games, you know, when things were just going right for you. But uh, really, they kind of melded in after the half. Uh, South Carolina, 72. Charleston Southern, 10. Took out some frustration on CSU. Uh, I still don't think you get that back. You know, I think Carolina's, again, they're middle of the pack. That whole, that whole Mizzou, Kentucky, Tennessee, the middle of the east is rather intriguing to me. How that all shakes loose will be interesting. Uh, Purdue destroys Vanderbilt 42-24. Expected Purdue to win that ball game. Didn't think they'd put up 42 on Derek Mason. Just didn't think it. You know, Van- Vanderbilt's in some trouble. The, the, they're they're in some offensive transition. They're, they're struggling to score. Uh, Clemson takes down A&M 24-10. A&M with the classy backdoor cover there. Really, I, I would not have been the least bit surprised if Clemson had won this game 50-5. to I mean, it just – I think Clemson's that, that much better than everybody else. And, uh, listen, A&M had the lead for a while, and then Clemson took charge. And it just kind of seemed that Clemson kind of eased up on the gas. And, of course, State beats Southern Miss. Alabama destroys New Mexico State 62-10. to Georgia 63-17 winners over Murray State. So uh, so we got off to a good start there. You know, seven seven in a, in a row. Seven wins. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row. And then things got really, really dicey. Tennessee loses in overtime to BYU and uh, double overtime. I just don't understand, you know, what is happening in Knoxville. 
the Jeremy Pruitt thing, and, and I said last year I didn't think he would last long. He may last less than I expect, but uh, they're still paying Butch. You know, Tennessee is kind of over their skis when it comes to money, and so uh, I'm sure Phil Fulmer will work out a deal for himself to get back on the sidelines, and uh, nobody can tell me he hadn't thought about that. And I saw that he went to the postgame press conference and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you lose last week to Georgia State, and then you lose at BYU, and then you begin to look at what you're facing on that schedule in the East. At this point, outside of UT Chattanooga, who they have this week, and the fighting Nick Tianos might be able to make that game interesting. What game on their schedule do you look at and say, oh, yeah, Tennessee will definitely win that game? Maybe Vanderbilt? Maybe? Maybe Vanderbilt? Tennessee is in trouble. Tennessee's in major trouble. Not not just this year. Tennessee has lost their brand in the eyes of recruits. They are not on the level of the Alabamas, the Auburns, the Georgias, the Floridas of the world. That Tennessee offer just doesn't have the value that it once did. And they're in trouble now of diminishing that brand even further. That's the reality of it. I mean, yeah, you can get Jason Swain and T. Martin and those guys on the radio, and they'll talk real good about Tennessee, but this is not the Tennessee they had. This is not the Tennessee they played for. And having Phil Fulmer as the interim coach or having bringing him back to the sidelines won't change that. It's a different day and time now. It is a different day and time in college football. And we are seeing one of the, the power programs, not just in the Southeastern Conference, but within the country, be absolutely uh, gutted in many respects. They don't, number one, they don't have the talent that many people expect from a Tennessee team. And the problem is, is when you go out and you recruit guys that don't have SEC talent, when you go play t- games, you lose games. LSU scary people. LSU's really scary. Ed Orgeron, when he was hired for that job, people thought it was kind of a joke. You know, we all thought it would be entertaining, but uh, not like this. Joe Burrow has one of the better games of his life. And, man, it was so entertaining to watch that LSU-Texas game. We get home, we get a chance to watch it, and but Texas could never close the gap. And it boils down to an onside kick that a guy just couldn't hang on to. But, man, what an entertaining game. Dare I say it, if LSU can put that brand of offense on the field against Alabama, man, what a game that could be. Maybe the West isn't so open and shut. I said that I thought LSU was overrated. I was wrong. LSU is scary good. Offensively, they are doing some very innovative things. Very, very innovative. Now that everybody's got a little tape on them, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they get into SEC play. Because against Texas, they had to show some things. It wasn't like they could just kind of show up and go through the motions and win the ball game. Texas, a lot of fun. But... Uh, Texas is a Big 12 team. That's a scoring league, right? They don't play a lot of defense in the Big 12, even Oklahoma. So LSU, you know, took a big step, obviously. They're all to talk today about how good LSU is. I admit it, man, they're scary. 
really, really scary. Auburn knocks off Tulane 24-6. Auburn is struggling to score points. That, and that just shouldn't be. They're ranked, what, number 10? You know, come on. I just don't see it. You know, it's uh, they're not having – they're still trying to find some answers in the running game. A lot of that's got to do with the offensive line. They've got a young quarterback, so you expect there to be some issues there. But, uh, you know, I just uh, – Auburn, when, once we get into SEC play, you know, like I keep talking to you know, some friends, and they said, you know, Auburn's probably a 7-5, and 8-4 type team because that's the kind of coach Gus, Gus Malzahn is. Uh, that's probably true to a certain respect. But, uh, you know, I think we all agree Gus is coaching for his job. Defensively, they played pretty well. But, I mean, it's not like Tulane is a powerhouse. But uh, Bo Nix, 19 of 37. Average completion of 5.6 yards, 207 yards. 19 passes for 207 yards, one touchdown. Booby Whitlow, 23 carries for 96 yards with a long of 24. Average 4.2 yards to carry. You take that one carry out, even though that carry counts. You can see they're not they're not doing a whole lot. They're not, they're not able to run in chunks. Auburn's vulnerable. Florida beats uh, UT Martin 45 nothing. No surprise there. And again, Kentucky uh, they beat Eastern Michigan 38-17. The the bigger loss there is uh, starting quarterback out for the year. Sawyer Smith grad transfer from Troy will be the guy. Will be the guy. I guess Stoops will give an official declaration today, but uh, he did say on the field post-game Saturday that his guy was out for the year. Kentucky will be here a couple weeks. Ole Miss knocks off Arkansas, and i got to say, you know, I watched the, I guess, the fourth quarter of that ball game. Uh, Ole, Miss, Ole Miss ran the ball, uh, maybe as advertised. I think that that was probably, uh, you know, Arkansas probably wore down a little bit. But, uh, you know, listen, Ole Miss figuring some things out. You know, Arkansas is not very good. And that's one of the things that I, you know, watching them, you know, there's just a lot of ineptitude on offense. And when you're Chad Morris and that's your calling card, you, you got to find a way to figure that thing out. It was a 10-3 ball game at the half. And then it got interesting there in the fourth quarter. Really interesting in the fourth quarter. Um Matt Corral, 16-24 for 246 yards, two touchdowns. Nice, efficient night for him. Much better than we saw against Memphis. Uh, passing stats for Arkansas. Nick Starkle, 17-24, 201 for a touchdown. Uh, ben Hicks, 7-16. And, and remember, that's that's Chad Morris's guy. Grad transfer moved up and supposed to be the guy. Nick Starkle, I think, is the, is the better of the two. I think the numbers show that. Scotty Phillips, a big day for Ole Miss. 26 carries, 143 yards, a couple touchdowns. Mackerel ran the ball a lot more effectively. Uh, Connor from uh, Hattiesburg has 42 yards. Jerry and Ely, four carries, seven yards. Interesting. Isaiah Woolard, one carry, three yards. You know, and so uh, they're beginning to find some things, you know, but uh, interesting. That was, that was a must-win game for Arkansas, I, th- I mean, and, and for Ole Miss, too. I think you look at this thing now, Arkansas now 1-1, one 0-1 and one, oh and one in the league. I don't think you can look at another SEC game the rest of the way and say, you know what, Arkansas should win that game. I just They're just so anemic on defense. And uh, I really thought their offensive line underperformed uh, from what I saw. But, uh, but, but, hey, credit the Rebels. They won the ball game. Won a game they had to have. And, uh, and looked to be much better in the second half offensively than, than, than they've shown all year. And that's an offensive line that's really struggled. So this week uh, we'll be back on Wednesday – 
and we'll talk a little bit on Wednesday about what we learned from Joe Moorhead and also, too, about uh, what we learned from offensive players on Tuesday. If Tommy Stevens is healthy, then we'll, I'm sure we'll talk to him Tuesday. That's just kind of how things work. Uh, eager to hear what he has to say. Eager to see him back on the field. That's the thing. That's the thing about that first quarter. It looked like what we expected a Joe Moorhead offense to look like. That that's that was the thing all the, the all the whole weekend. That's how I thought. Is this is what we've been waiting to see? You got a quarterback that's capable of making those throws. He has elevated the play of the players around him. Colin Hill is phenomenal. And so we'll just kind of move forward here and, and hope for the best. But uh, yeah, there were some rumors that people tweet out. People love to cause a stir on social media, and then it, the next thing you know, it goes from some some. Twitter account that nobody's ever heard of and people take that as because it's on Twitter they think okay well it's because this person has sports in their handle that we should accept it and then now it's now it's in all the Facebook groups and it migrates to the message boards and all of a sudden for for the rest of the weekend we're, we're filled in hey I heard Tommy Stevens had surgery guys stop stop use your heads hadn't done so go to starkvillainsthebook.com pre-order your book you're going to want it. It's been it's been a great – pre-sales are going great. Everywhere I go, people want to talk about the book. Uh, excited for you guys to have it. And I think once you read it, you're going to want to buy one for your friends and family for Christmas it's because of the fact that I think this is a book that uh, you're going to want to have as a keepsake. I really believe that. So, again, at StarkVillainsTheBook.com, and you, you get all your Stark Villains gear at StarkVillains.com, T-shirts, hoodies, all of the above. And then we're back on Friday, and we'll preview the weekend it is. And, uh, again – Prepare for a uh, for a warmer day on Saturday. You know I don't see anything in the forecast that's going to prevent that from happening. It's going to be it's going to be a warm, sunny, sweaty, sticky day, and then hopefully we'll get some uh, nighttime football here soon, and uh, then some fall temperatures will be here. I love the fall. Love October. Love October. Well, folks, that does it for today. Again, we'll be back on on Wednesday, and until that time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.